In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. This episode of the Man Card Podcast is from an interview done with Vince Miller. Enjoy this episode. And welcome to the Man Card Podcast, where we focus on real men doing real life in real time while living in the stress bubble of life. Males are born, men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I just am honored to be on here with you. Well, I know that you are making a huge impact uh, for men at the Great Hunt for God. And, and we, uh, we just appreciate you spending the time, you and Dale, uh, who have invested a number of years now into content for men, into caring for men, into helping men to understand how to finish life. And that, that's really what I want to talk to you about today is what it looks like to finish well. Um, you know, you and I have met a lot of great starters in life, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And people that are really great at the starting line, they get off to that gunshot start, they're starting to pace hard. And, and I witnessed this the other day, by the way, this actually happened. Mm-hmm. I went to the gym. Uh, we were about to run a pretty hefty um, race. And the guy next to me who was about, uh, I want to say he was about 270 pounds of muscle, mm-hmm. took off in a sprint ahead of me, and he thought he was going to outrun me. <laughs> and I saw him pacing himself super well, um, and he was pacing ahead of me, and I was thinking to myself, man, that guy got off to a great start. But I was like, he's pretty heavy. He's pretty muscular. I'm going to smoke this guy eventually. And so I just stayed on my pace, and eventually I beat him by about seven minutes. Oh, wow. (laughs) You crushed him. I know. I crushed him. But I knew that was true because I knew he paced himself too hard at the beginning and then didn't finish well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. we've got – we've seen that happen with lots of guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I've watched guys in my years of ministry start well but not finish well. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about how you've seen guys start well – and not finish well. 
Yeah, I'm going to take your running illustration, which I am that 260-pound guy. And uh, so <laughs> I just – running uh, is not my program. Anyway, but I'm going to take that running illustration and, and tell you what I've seen, Vince, and it may be a little bit different than what you've seen. I, I bet you it'll be the same. But so – what we're finding is you hear a lot of speakers over the years say, run, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But what right. I have found is that we all have the same amount of time in a day. We all have roughly, God willing, 70 to 100 years. Uh, and, and what I have found with men who do not finish well is not their pace. It's that they veer off the course. So, so, Interesting. so, yeah. And so Jesus said, you know, that, that, that the road is narrow. And so my view as a follower of Christ has always been, Hey, I'm looking down this straight and narrow road to uh, 85 years down my life. And what I've realized about life is it's not a straight and narrow road. It's a rough and winding road. And we have to navigate the corners and the edges and, and the shoulders, we need to navigate those very, very carefully. And where men have uh, veered, uh, they have, uh, the, you know, uh, they've 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 veered off the edge and through the guardrails, and they've crashed and burned. And that's where I have seen uh, the most destruction. Well, that's really good. You know, I, I think men face a lot of challenges in life, and they are ups and downs. There's highs and lows. There's twists and turns. There's trips along the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Places we fall. And so what I hear you saying is you just got to keep journeying down the path. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep fighting for it. And uh, it's about staying on the path and less about the pace that you run the path. You run on the path, right? Yeah. So uh, you've seen people, though, definitively finish well. Yes. You've probably seen people finish poorly. Absolutely. Say more about that. Well, I was just talking the other day uh, to a guy about a friend of mine who was a pastor of a large church. He'd been in ministry for probably over 40 years, and uh, he had slowly began to veer. You know, Casting Crowns has a song called Slow Fade. There's a, a slow fade that, ha- that, that occurs where we just make one small compromise in, in mm-hmm. a lifestyle of holiness. You know, uh, we, just make, we just make one small decision. And we think that those decisions don't matter, but those decisions actually compound over time to really hurt us. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I got to tell you, I've known many a friend to make the same mistake, yeah. right? Oh, where, absolutely. Where we, we engage in something, we make one small decision that leads to another decision that leads to another decision. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden we look up and we go, what did we do? You know, I, uh, recently, uh, my son who, uh, was turned 15, you know, and then we started to teach him how to drive when he was 15 and a half, he got his driver's license. All right. And when he got his driver's license, I remember how happy he was. My wife snapped a photo of him and sent it to me well two days later we left town <laughs> and uh, you see where this is going oh i yeah. do yeah you see it's just it's, there's a big billboard right now that says where this is going but he, <laughs> we left town 
and he took my truck out, which no one is allowed to drive, by the way. Mm-hmm. My daughter, who's 18, is not allowed to drive it. He knew that he was not allowed to drive it. My wife doesn't even drive the truck, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and much less, I mean, people with driver's license aren't allowed to drive it. Of course, he's two days into his permit, and he has a couple of friends over when we're gone, and he takes the truck out for a joy ride. And guess what? <laughs> Totals it. Oh, Totals whoa. It. I didn't think, Totals. I didn't see that happening. No, it isn't just got caught. He was just driving 25 miles an hour down a street and took his eyes off the road, responded in, inappropriately, hit a telephone pole, ripped two telephone poles down, destroyed the truck, bent the frame. Whoa. And I got to tell you, we were two hours away, me and my wife. And I'm glad we were two hours away (laughs) (laughs) because it took me about two hours to calm down. And we got home and we set him down at the table. And I'll never forget these words. It was, son, sometimes when we make one choice, we make every subsequent choice that goes with it. Yeah. And sometimes those choices are hard, hard Yep. choices. And I said to him, the only choice that you didn't make was you didn't make a choice to hit someone, nor was anyone hurt. Mm. And I'm so glad that you didn't have to live with the consequences of that. Wow. And uh, what a great teachable moment, right? Now, the funny thing is he recouped from it. He got his driver's license. He's driving today. Everything's fine. You know, a lot of time has passed since then. But those are great teachable moments on how it's important to finish well. And that one small choice doesn't have to derail us for our entire life. But when we make one choice, we have to make all the other subsequent choices that go with this. Yes. And I think about your pastor friend who had, you know, a moral failure in his life for the rest of his life. That choice is a part of who he is. Yeah. And how he responds to it's critical. And so we have choices on how we're going to finish life, right? It's a lot about yeah. choices. Now, I know in your life, uh, you had a, a father-in-law that was a part of your life whose story is worth telling. Mm-hmm. Tell us how he finished and the lessons that you learned from him. Yeah, so it was actually my stepfather, and he was a great, great guy. He entered my life when I was in eighth grade, and I actually uh, lived with him after my mom married him through high school. He was known as the cool stepdad, great guy, um, well, uh, great guy, and uh, liked him, loved him. He uh, did well. Uh, he retired a little bit early, and once he retired, he just began this lifestyle of not doing much. And I'm not sure what really happened inside of his head, but uh, I, we did realize that some things were going on. My mom was starting to feel um, anxious around him and different things, and and in December of 2012, my mom called me that he took a uh, Remington Model 700, chambered in 270. It was a gun that my mom and I bought him as a, high, a Christmas present. He put it under his chin, and he proceeded to uh, decapitate himself. And so that was a huge uh, moment in our family's history. And that was right around the time when we were launching the Great Hunt for God. And uh, we have defined manhood as five things. We call them our man card. Uh, and so we have defined manhood as five things, protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. And the finishing strong part, Vince, I'll be really honest with you, is a chip on my shoulder 
that goes back to my stepdad and many others who have gone before and after him that instead of finishing strong, have allowed choices to compound in their life, and they have resulted in a finish wrong. And so there are men wow. that finish strong and men that finish wrong. And uh, you know, a divorce is not a finish strong. Getting fired yeah. is not a strong finish. A suicide is not a strong finish. So we want to help men finish strong instead of wrong. Because when you finish wrong, you leave people with a lot of unanswered questions. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is exceptional. I love that mantra, yeah. finish strong, don't finish wrong. And yeah. I think why that inspires me right now is far too often we don't take the hard, challenging path, right? Yeah. yeah. To drive us all the way to the end of life. I, I'll, I'll never forget as long as I live, uh, one of my favorite John Piper talks, by the way, uh-huh. and he talks about the saddest state of manhood and womanhood that he's ever seen. And it's this whole concept of basically retiring and collecting seashells on the seashore, you know, <laughs> and what kind of existence is that? Yeah. I mean, like, and he politely berates that kind of choice, that kind of idealism, that kind of living the in the American dream of retirement one day and taking it easy when God has given us this incredible life to live, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Where we can live it to the fullest with every breath that God gives us. We can live it with purpose, with challenge. We can come against the strongholds of life, the issues that we face, the choices even that we make, right? Oh yeah. And stand stronger because of them and not let them beat that let them beat us down. I love the imagery of the Apostle Paul. Don't you love this guy? I mean, oh, this yeah. guy was a guy that finished strong, right? I mean, we if we saw the Apostle Paul today, if he was alive and we had a a, a, a real visible presentation of, of this guy, this is a guy who would be beaten, broken, bruised, whipped, hit, stoned, kicked in the groin, broke his legs broken. I mean, this guy would be incredibly disfigured, yep. right? But still, he was a man that influenced life. And I, that's what I love about what you and Dale are doing, Jim, is that you guys in the Great Hunt for God are engaging men and saying, let's go forward with our quote unquote man card, right? Yep. Let's go forward and let's accomplish some things here. And some of them are about integrity and some are about fighting apathy. But one of them is about finishing strong, not wrong. Yeah. And how do, how do men respond to this when you give them this kind of a clarion call? Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, your wife is but like my wife. She must be just drive. You must, you must drive her crazy because she's like, what? You're not going to retire? No, I'm not going to retire because that's American culture. That is not a biblical principle. And so what we're finding is that our our churches in America, we have created silos. We have created multi-generational church where we put the older people in this silo and the younger people here and the family people here and the teens here and the children here. And what we've done is we've told the older people, well, we don't like your music. It's old. And so, therefore, we don't like you because you're old. And we have we have thrown away uh, probably the greatest generation of, of people in the church, the older people, because they have the wisdom to offer. And here's what I would say to people. If you have breath in your lungs, guy, 
God is not done with you yet. You have a mission. You have a purpose. And I'm and I, the church. I think has done Jesus a disservice. We've wussified him as a, you know, six foot two, blonde hair, blue eye, skinny guy who's holding little kids or carrying a sheep. And and that those those things are well, the, the appearance stuff isn't true. But but yeah yeah, he was tender and he was a lamb, but he was a lion. You know, Jesus on the cross, on the cross, he's on the cross. His last words, if you read uh, many translations uh, in John 19.30, it says, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, I'm a New American Standard guy. If you read the New American Standard, there is an exclamation behind that. Jesus did not finish in a little wimpy a little wimpy sound. Jesus did not finish in a whiny cry of defeat. Jesus grabbed his deepest from the deepest recesses of his soul, he took his deepest breath, he drove his legs up that cross, making his back bleed even more, ripping the flesh off his back as he climbed that cross to take his last breath. And his last breath, when he died, he screamed a war cry. It is finished! And that's how I think every man should end his life. In a war cry. No. There you go. And I'm I'm just going to end there, Jim, because I think men just need to hear that war cry. Yeah, absolutely. Right? J- Jesus wasn't killed. He chose to die. Chose it. And I love the, yeah, exactly. And he climbed up the cross and he wasn't a wuss. He was the ultimate man yep. because we failed at yes. manhood. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, guys, I hope you hear Jim today. I hope you hear his heart, his challenge, the war cry from Jesus's cross, right? Oh, we need these words. Second Corinthians eight, verse 11 says, but now finish doing it, Mm. finish what you began so that your eagerness to do so may be matched by your eagerness to complete it. That's the apostle Paul. And it can't be said better than those two guys, Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. And Jim, thanks so much again. For being oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of a man, then purchase your own copy of the Field Guide, our bathroom book for men. Jim wrote this book for men who don't read books. It's a daily study of manly words explained with great stories. You will find enough entries to read one a day for an entire year. That's right, 365 daily readings on what a man is and does. Get your copy for you and your friends on our website at thegreathuntforgod.com. You will also find our five-book man card series. Grab several copies, recruit some friends, and champion the cause for men today. We are donor-supported nonprofit organization with the mission to transform the lives of men and those they love. If today's podcast has inspired you, consider being a financial champion by going to The Great Hunt for God and click the Give link in the menu drop-down. Also, download The Great Hunt for God app today. It is available in all the app stores for all devices. It has videos, podcasts, our store, and many other links to the world of The Great Hunt for God. Thank you for listening, and good hunting. 
What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.